0: Joshua 24, verse 1, and it reads, and Joshua said to all the people, thus says the Lord God of Israel, your father, including Terah, the father of Abraham and the father of Nahor, watch this, dwelt on the other side of the river in the old time. Anybody was a Catalyst on Friday? Any Catalyst? For, y'all? Bruh, if you missed Catalyst, go online, watch the, it, it It was a God move, and it We talked on 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 Friday about how the other side of the river represents those who never stepped into the promise that God had for them. They stayed in the wilderness. What Joshua is saying: Hey, your fathers never got to go into what God promised them. They were on the other side in the old times, and they served other gods. Then I took your father Abraham from the other side of the river, led him throughout all of the land of Canaan, and multiplied his descendants and gave him Isaac, and to Isaac I gave Jacob and Esau. Skip to verse 14. Now, therefore, fear the Lord, serve him in sincerity and in truth, and put away gods which your father served on the other side of the river and in Egypt. Serve the Lord. And if it seems evil to you to serve the Lord, watch this choose for yourselves this day. Hear me, parents. For 18 years of your child's life, you're setting them up for that moment. For them to choose for themselves. By the way, let me help you out. If they ain't 18, they don't get to choose. You're gonna live in my house, you're gonna go to my church. If you're gonna eat my food, you're gonna go to my church. What you're not gonna do is stay home and eat my cereal. Can I get an amen? amen? After 18, you buy your own cereal, you can do whatever you want. <laughs> but you choose for yourself this day whom you will serve, whether the gods which your father served that were on the other side of the river or the gods of the Amorites or in whose land you will dwell. Watch this. Can you read this last sentence with me? But as for me and my house, you, 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 you didn't read it with enough attitude. You got to put the word O in there. All right, you ready? One more time. But as for me and my house, oh, we're going to serve the Lord. <laughs> you got to put some attitude. Oh, Oh, best believe. As for this house, we're following Jesus. Amen. Father God, we're grateful. We're thankful. God, we believe that even in this moment, God, you're moving our behalf. God, we're sitting in church buildings all over the state. God, you're working with our boss, and you're working. In- God, you're moving on our behalf, and we're grateful for it. God, we pray a prayer of blessing over every single graduate, every high school and college and grad school and and bar exam and and resident. God, you are with them. God, it's their life that you hold in your hand. God, I pray that you'd open doors that no man can shut and shut the door on chaos in their life. God, we'll be ever so careful to give you all the glory, all the honor and all the praise. In the matchless name of Jesus, we pray. Come on, somebody shout amen. And amen. We, we started a series last week called This Is Us talking about the spiritual family that God has called Union Church to be. And I'm not going to be shy about it. I'm going to say it right up. I want this to be your spiritual family. I, I don't want you to just attend, go in, go out, get a good message, kind of go on. No, I'm, let this be the spiritual family that God has called you to. The Bible says this in Psalm 68, 6. God sets the lonely in families. He leads out the prisoners with singing, but the rebellious live in a sun-scorched land. We live in a generation that has no value for family anymore. I'm going to get my job. I'm going to start my business. I'm going to make my money. I'm going to kind of do my life. And then maybe I'll find me a wife, find me a husband, have a couple kids after I do. No, 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 no. Family was the first institution that God created. It's not a burden. It's a launch pad into all that God has for you. And for a lot of us, family didn't go the way that God intended for family to go. And, And now we've kind of just taken on a badge of honor that I'm in this by myself. You, you, you'll hear people brag, man, I had friends, but they couldn't keep up. They were small-minded, so I left them behind. I, I, I had to keep moving. It's just me on my grind. I'm sorry. How lonely. And by the way, you'll never be able to maximize every inch of your life without having people around you that can, that can cheer you on. The Bible says in Ecclesiastes, woe to the man that is walking by himself. Watch this. Because when he falls, it doesn't say if, it says when he falls, there's no one to pick him back. Can I tell you why God is so intentional about you not doing life by yourself? Because there are certain miracles that you cannot experience outside of the family of God. Spiritual family is actually the doorway into the supernatural. Somebody say, prove it, prove it, prove it. That's a bold statement, Pastor. I don't know. As long as I got King Jesus. I... Here's the Bible says in Matthew chapter 18, verse 19. It says, assuredly, I say to you, whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. And whatever you loose on earth will be loosed. How many people say, that sounds good. I got some authority on me. I can, I can bind and I can loose. Well, well, Keep reading. Because verse 19 says, again, I say to you that if if you by yourself, is that what it says? If you agree with you, if you go off in your closet, you have your 21 days of prayer and fasting. God said, no, you need somebody else. If the two of you agree on earth, watch this, concerning anything that they ask." it will be done for them by my father in heaven there's something about being connected to other believers that unlocks a portion of heaven in our lives that you can't unlock by your some people i got family i got i got i got natural family my fraternity is my family i got my, my 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 business you may have a business partner we're doing life together they may be able to unlock a loan for you but they can't unlock heaven for you. You need people who believe what you believe and can come in agreement with you to unlock all that God has for you. Psalm 133 says this, Behold how good and how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell in isolation. Huh? What does it say? Together arguing over doctrine. Huh? You speak in tongues? I don't mess with people who speak in tongues. (laughs) No. It says together and stop fighting. In unity. It is like the precious oil upon the head running down on the beard. The beard of Aaron running down the edge of his garment. It is like the dew of Hermon descending upon the mountains of Zion. Watch this. For... For there the Lord commanded the blessing, life forevermore. If you knew that there was an X in the ground and whoever stood on that X would receive a miracle. How hard are you fighting to get to that X? I'll tell you, I'm throwing them bowls. I'm pushing people. Because here God says, I'll tell you the exact spot where miracles happen, where my people come together in unity. It says it runs from the head. On death. You know what? I love honoring Bishop Rollins and my father and those that came before me because I get to walk in their anointing. When I'm under authority, what's on them comes on me. God says you, you, you just can't be as effective by yourself as you can connected to body of Christ. So what I want to do today is I want to tell you about the family that, you, that, you're, that you're sitting in. Maybe, maybe you grew up in a household like I did. I, I heard all the time from my mom or my dad, hey, hey as for this house, anybody your mama told you that? You go to one of your friends' house, they teach you how to cuss. By the way... Yeah, I was, a, I was a pastor's kid. Y'all, I was not a good cusser at all. I, I, I learned a new word and I try it in front of my mom. I'm just like, i am be like, oh, hey, you know when you kid, you don't know no better. See, you're you're waiting for the moment. Like, okay, I remember how they said it. They, okay, okay, here's my moment, here's my moment. And I just, it's like double touch I'm about to, I see that moment. I'm like, oh. <laughs> and what you say? <laughs> you already know it's coming. <laughs> I, I was at my friend's house and, and, I, and they said I don't care what, why you gotta be so disrespectful to our friends <laughs> I don't care what your little friend he's six foot two I don't care what your little friend does as for this house I don't know if you grew up in a house where you watch horror movies that wasn't my house we were safe, safe. we walked out of Dennis the Menace because he said jerk that's how saved we were <laughs> They come home, we're watching Chucky e. the doll or some of them horror movies. What, what do you have on my TV? I saw it at a friend's house. I don't care what you do, at a little friend's house. But as for this, as for this, this is how we, what, 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 what is the values of this house? Joshua chapter 24 is a real interesting season in the story of Israel. They had finally gotten into the land that God had promised their ancestors. Watch this, over 400 years ago, God came to Abraham, called him out of a pagan family, walked him around Canaan and said, one day, not only will this be your land, but an entire nation of people will come from you. Abraham turned to Isaac. Isaac turned to Jacob. Jacob turned into 12 sons, turned into the nation of Israel. They ended up in slavery in Egypt. God sent Moses to lead them out of slavery through the Red Sea to the wilderness. You would think, I'm so close, I can touch it. Nope, 40 years. Just sit there and think about what you said. Hear me. Doesn't matter how long it takes, all the promises of God, not half, not some of them, all the promises of God, hear me, are yes and, amen. but the Bible says, God says yes, but you got to say the amen. Yeah. So they get out in the wilderness. They said, we can't take the promise. And God says, okay, I think you can, but I'll go with your word, not mine. So they sat there outside until they came into agreement with what God said over them. Finally, they finally cross over into the promised land. They defeat Jericho. They lose the AI, but then they beat them on the second round. And they are finally in the, pro- you got to understand, a land full of giants. Do you know what it feels like to be a Smurf and a whoop a giant? <laughs> you walking through that big old house and that big old bed like, boy, we've Israel's running around, losing their mind. And Joshua said, hey, before y'all go crazy in this new promise, I'm so glad you got it. Now let me teach you how to keep it. Because just because you got something doesn't mean you can. Come on. Any married folks can testify. It's easy to get it. It's... You know, I do is the easiest two words you'll ever say in your life. And the life sentence, I mean, the joy <laughs> of living out those two words for the rest. By the way, if you're engaged, can I tell you a secret? You're the only one crying in the whole room. You're know, like, oh my God, she's so beautiful, and I need to my own marriage. And the rest of us sitting in the room, like you have no idea what you're walking in. <laughs> marriage is great, but starting it is easier than building it. And Joshua said, "Hey, you got it. Let me teach you how to keep it. Don't forget who got you here." Don't forget his word. Don't forget his principle. Don't forget his ways. And don't forget you're not here for you. You are here to represent him. And then Joshua, you got to see the ignorance of scripture. Joshua said, I told you all that, but I know y'all still going to do whatever. So y'all just go ahead and lose it all. But just know, as for me and my house, oh, we're going to follow Jesus. I'm gonna give you just three three thoughts of U- U- union church, this spiritual family. W- w- what what is this house built on? Three thoughts. First one is this. We are marked by our passion for God. If you want to know, Union Church is, is, is my family. This is where God's placed me. This is where I'm growing. Well, what is it that sets us apart? What makes us a I, I wanted to give y'all bumper stickers. That's what I wanted to do. You know, Union Church bumper sticker. Y'all just, you know, beep, beep if you love Jesus type of deal. And then I saw some of the way you people drive. And I said, I don't want anybody to know y'all coming to my church. And, I, and I'm not talking about the ones that y'all be speeding. I'm talking about the ones that y'all drive slow and block the rest of us. I'm like... Actually, I can't put a bumper sticker in my car because I speed and I cut people off. <laughs> we want this house to be defined not by a bumper sticker, but by our pursuit for God. Second Timothy chapter 1 verse 5 says this, When I call to remembrance the genuine faith that is in you. This is Paul talking to his spiritual son, his protege Timothy. He said that faith that is in you, which dwelt first in your grandmother Lois... And your mother Eunice. Boy, these are some names. Lois, you know she could cook. eh? Ain't no Lois that can't cook. Sheesh. And I am persuaded is in you also. Here's what Paul told Timothy. He said, your family's faith is legendary. I don't know who Grandma Lois was. Maybe she was that mother in the church that if anybody got sick, they would call her. Because when she prayed, for some reason, heaven will respond in a way it doesn't respond to everybody. And she passed. He said, Timothy, your family is known for their faith. We want the Union Church family to be known for our passion for God. And you may say, well, duh, it's church. That's what all church. Not all people go to church because they have a passion for God. Some people don't have a passion for God. They have a passion for a better life. Yeah, my marriage is messed up. My kids ain't listening to me. My money's funny. I'm a little depressed. Maybe if I go to church, God can fix all that. Can I help you out? He can, and he will, but that's not why we're here. That's icing on the cake. It's not the cake. That's the fruit on the tree. It's not the tree. I'm not here for what he can do for me. I'm here because I don't exist outside of him. Paul said it this way. He said, in him, I live and I move and I have my being. Psalm 1611 says this. God, you're going to show me the path for my life. In your presence, watch this word, is fullness. Not just joy. It's fullness of joy. At your right hand are pleasures forevermore. We uh, took our kids to Disney for the first time last year. and Y'all, I was pumped. I was excited. This was like like dad flex. Like, look what I did. And I'm never taking them back. <laughs> or at least until they can write me a three-page paper of how grateful they are. I mean, I nearly spent a mortgage check just to get them there. And the only thing they talked about was the cotton candy. <laughs> did you have fun at Disney? Dad, the cotton candy was it. I could have got you cotton candy at Rundle Mills Mall. We went all the way. See that mouse for some cotton candy? One reason why I was so excited is because I went to Disney once as a child, and it was not a fun experience, y'all. I was sick the day we went to Disney. We drove from Tallahassee to Orlando, and one day, we had to stop every 10 minutes so I could donate the content of my stomach to the side of the highway. I mean, I was just, ugh. We get there, and we sat in the gift shop for about an hour and a half just for me to kind of pull myself together. And finally, they were like, look, dude, we came all this way. We ain't finna sit here for you. Like, you got to get it together. I was like, okay. I, I can go. And as soon as we get ready to leave the gift shop and go walk, di- now, I don't know what it is with Florida. Y'all got some special sins, some type in Florida. But the rain y'all got is like Noah's flood the earth type of rain. Soon as we go to leave that gift shop, I mean, the sky cracks open. God said there's sin somewhere. And I mean... Flood waters coming so now we're sitting in the gift shop for another two hours waiting for the, they were also too cheap to buy the ponchos but that's a different story for a different day by the time it stopped raining it was time to go home that was my Disney, some of y'all like you didn't really go to Disney, you, you got through the gate but you didn't that's what life is like without Christ yeah you got married but you didn't really experience Yeah, you got money, but you haven't really, hear me, anything that I experience in life void of Christ is only a fraction of what it was meant to be. (laughs) My man, you know, my wife, Mary, I love you, you love me. Hear me. You've never really been in love. You've never really been loved until you first meet love himself the bible says god is i'm not trying to be shady but this is just what it is here's what love looks like when i don't have jesus in my life i love you you love me i'm trying to serve you the problem is there's a part of me that's empty that only god can fill But because God hasn't filled it, I'm looking for you to fill it. But there's no human on earth that can fill the God void in me. So I love you, but I need you to do something for me that no human can do. So there's always this, you're not meeting my need. They weren't designed to. And you've never been in love until you've loved somebody you don't need something from. You can get money without Jesus. Yeah. You're just getting a fraction of the experience. You, you can get promotions and degrees. Here's, here's what the Bible says. You, you can be ratchet and make money. Just turn on TV. <laughs> he said, "But that money's going to come with so much drama, so much heart. It says, God, when God adds wealth, He adds no sorrow. Why is the pursuit of God the number one focus of this family? Because we believe there's no life outside of God. It's not just that that God is the essence and the beginning of life. Hear me, it's God's presence in my life that is the only distinguishing factor about me. Y'all grew up, your mama told you you were so special. Oh, you're so special. You're so special. You're going to change them. You know what your mama didn't tell you? You are one of eight billion people. You ain't that special. Oh, wow. Wow. <laughs> you, out of eight billion people, how am I just not another ant on a planet? Can I tell you? It's not my degrees. It's not my intellect. It's, it's not my work ethic. It's not my winsome personality. <laughs> Acts chapter 4 verse 13 says this. When the council saw the boldness of Peter and John and could see that they were obviously, watch this, uneducated and unprofessional and non professionals. they were amazed and realized what being with Jesus had dumped for them. So here is Peter and John. They preach. Thousands of people are getting saved. And, and add, by the way, the, the, the world is just set up that if anybody's successful, we all want to know how they did it. And you can create an entire Instagram business. off, but here's how I got the success that I don't really have, but I'll teach you how to do it. We, we, we want... I'm shade, Come on now. You ever, ever see a dude with a beautiful woman and you're just like, how way? Like, he must have money, that's what it is. <laughs> he must got them worried. So, I'm going, we wanna know how. They're looking at Peter and John preaching and they're like, they're educated. And then they went and looked for their transcript and saw two, nope, that ain't it. <laughs> oh, they must be, tri- no, never apprentice, military, no. They're trying to figure out, they're trying to ascribe Peter and John's uniqueness, their success, their book. It's the only thing we can figure out is they've been around Jesus. Why is pursuing God our greatest per- Because it's his presence on my life that sets me apart. It's his presence on my life that distinguishes me. When I walk into a room with 300 other people, what is it that makes people say, who is that guy? It's not my beautiful hair. It is the presence of God resting on my By the way, we we got three values that make up this family. I got to add a fourth. Hygiene is another value of this church. Somebody say amen. Amen. We we bathe. We brush our teeth. Most of us. Come on. Just lean over to your neighbor. Just like. If you were raised right, which is a big if. You bathe, you brush your teeth, you want to throw on a little deodorant, a little old spice, a little dove. (laughs) Come on, we left Axe in middle school. (laughs) You're going to do something every day before you leave the house to make sure that there's a sweet aroma about your... But do you know how to put on God's presence every day before you leave the house? Do you know it's it's not, it's him that differentiates me? Yeah, yeah. Can't can teach you how to put on God's presence like you'd put on some cologne. I, some people, you know, you spray it on you. Some people, you spray, you'll jump in like. No, <laughs> Here's how you put Jesus on. Every day before you leave your house, go in your bathroom, go in your closet, go in your room. Get down on your knees and lift your hands and begin to worship go say God I bless you God I worship you God I magnify you God I'm, I'm grateful that you're in my life God the Bible says that you are the king of all kings and you're the Lord of all lords and, and I just want you to know that's what I think about you too God you're, you're worthy of my praise you're, you're worthy of my adoration by the way I didn't come to ask for anything. I'll do that later. I just came to tell you how awesome you are and how worthy you are and how you are worth everything that I have to give and more. And I'm telling you, as you do this, the presence of God rests in your home. Why? The Bible says he inhabits the praises of his people. It don't got to be two hours. It could be five minutes. And when you get up with God's presence on your life, you walk out that door ready for whatever that day has for you. Not because you're strong enough to deal with it, but because God's presence. Somebody shout amen. By the way, when we say we're pursuers of God, here's what I mean. We're pursuers of his presence through worship. We're passionate about his word. The Bible is a light unto our feet. And if God's word doesn't approve of it, I want nothing to do with it. Because it ain't going to take me anywhere I want to go. And we're passionate about the gathering of believers. Because it's in this atmosphere where God pours out his power in our lives. Second thing is this. Write this down. Write this down. As for this house, we're, we're pursuers of God's presence. And we have a passion for people. That's our mission This. what's the va- values of union churches passionately we pursue God and we value people that's our mission why, why are we so passionate about people Can I, it's a simple answer because God loves people and we can't claim to love God and not love what he loves so if God loves people we have to love what What do we love? Notice, I didn't say we love Christians. Come on. Church gets just mixed up a little bit. God doesn't love Christians only. He loves people. I didn't say we love Union church. We love We love people. There's this verse that you probably never read. It's really obscure. It's John 3:16. Can, can I be honest with you? I think most pastors do not put this verse in their messages because it's like, oh, this is like, everybody knows this. There's no revelation. Watch this. For God so loved the Democrats. So God so loved the Republicans. For God so loved Americans. For God so loved heterosexuals. Come on now. We think God loves who agrees with what we agree with, believes what we believe, calls holy what we call holy. No, no, no. God so loved the ones you love and the ones you're embarrassed of, the ratchet ones and the ones that pretend not to be ratchet. God so loved the that he gave one of his seven sons. That was that God said, I got seven sons. Which one's not listening to me? Oh, you go down the cross. He gave us only when he had. That whoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Verse 17 says this, for God did not send his son into the world to condemn. So if God didn't come to condemn, why is the church so bold in doing it? If God didn't come to notify everybody who's going to hell that they're going to hell. Why do we feel so bold telling people, you're going to bust well, high, wide open? He said, I didn't come to condemn the world, but that the world through Jesus might be, come home. Why are you out there by yourself? There's a place for you to belong. Come and be reconciled. When when I turned 16, I went to my parents. I said, I'm 16 years old. I got my driver's license now. I need a car. My dad said, you do need a car. I said, great. He said, you should get one. I said, well, I was thinking you and mom would get me one. He said, we will not. And I said, why not? We have money. My dad said, we don't have anything. Me and your mother have money. You're broke. So if you want a car, you need money. And then you can get a car. So I was like, say less. So I went and got me a job. Yo, they must have not interviewed. I got a job at a summer camp. You know where you should not put Stephen Chandler? Around other people's kids. I barely like my own children, more or less. But it, was, it was paychecks. I'm in there. It should, it should have made me a prison ward. I'm shoving that food in those kids' face. Oh, take it. No more goldfish. Get out of my line. I'm <laughs> I mean, I gotta make this money. By the way, you have never seen greed. Until you've seen a 16-year-old count money. I get my $200 at the end of the week. <sighs> I mean, it's only four bills. I don't know why I'm licking my fingers. So, I me mean, a whole summer saved up $1,600. Came to the end of the summer and said, like, Dad, let's go buy my car. And stuff. I'm, I'm, I'm going to go to the Mercedes-Benz dealership. <laughs> my dad said, ain't no dealership got nothing to do with you. You ain't really from Baltimore until you've bought a car from a car auction. Said, hey, you going to the auction. You ain't... We go to auction. I said, Dad, I want that one. He said, I got nothing to do with it. 39 cars go by. Finally, this army, army fatigue Toyota Camry comes by. Why is you say it was army fatigue? Because between the green paint and the rust, it looked like a camo wrap. My dad said, that's your car. I said, I said, that's my car. They start to the bid. And I said, oh, put my hammer up. And, and, and then they raised the number again. I put my hammer up. And my dad said, you're bidding against yourself. Just wait. Just, just wait for somebody else. To... Ain't nobody else bid on the car. It was just me versus me. I, I won that car. I'm just like, yeah, I like to say I drove it home, but we towed it home and had a mechanic friend. They, Yo, Do you understand the way that I worship that car? I mean, I would forget by somebody detailing my car, they might miss something. I'm, I'm scrubbing the carpets myself. I'm, I'm hand washing that thing. I anointed that car with a quart of oil every single day. Now, it did leak out every night, but that had nothing to do. <laughs> I love that car because everything I worked for went into that car. I go by a friend's house, pick them up. We're going somewhere. And like, oh, my gosh, why are you picking us up in this dossier? Wait, stop. If you are going to ride in this car, you will speak well of this car. But you're not going to do is receive the blessings of this car and trash this car at the same time. You have no idea. I spent every penny I had to purchase this car. I just wonder. As we say, I can't believe they would say that. Do that. Vote that. Think that. Who do they? I feel like God is saying, ho, ho. I took every penny I had in heaven. I bankrupted my account to purchase that person. Don't you dare talk about somebody that you didn't pay for. They may get on your last nerves, but they belong to him. We're going to have a passion for why does passion for people have to be a value in our church? Here's why. Because if you don't have a body reminding you, you'll forget. you'll forget that people matter. I'm going to tell you something that a pastor should not tell you, but we family, so I can just keep it 100. You ready? I do not cry myself to sleep thinking about lost people. Sometimes I do. Sometimes the fact that people don't know Jesus breaks my heart, but sometimes I just pass out. I ain't ain't think about nothing. I'm just (laughs) glad the kids are in bed. I'm going to sleep. And I've discovered that if I don't have reminders in my life, I will get so consumed with Stephen's life that I don't have the bandwidth to see anybody else. By the way, do you know that's the enemy's plan for your life? He wants you to be so wealthy and so successful that you don't have the energy to think about anybody else. Somebody, like, he could do that to me. I haven't seen that yet, but I'd really appreciate it. <laughs> or he wants you to be so stressed and full of so much drama that you can't see beyond your own issues, to realize that you've got cousins and children and coworkers that don't have the hope of Jesus. That you, people are our passion. And not just three three things about people we're specifically passionate about. Can you? The first thing, people's spirit is what we're passionate about. What What does that mean? We need people saved and to meet Jesus. The Bible says this. What does it profit a man? If he has all the degrees, all the wealth, and in the end loses his. So I need your marriage grade, I need your health grade, I need you. But first, I need you to meet Jesus because you could win your entire life. And if you don't have Jesus, you're getting ready to run into the biggest hell that you've ever encountered. But we don't just want people's spirit, we also are focused on people's souls. The Bible says your soul is your mind, your will, and your emotions. It's your mental health. It's your emotional health. It's the pursuit and the desires. We don't just want people saved, but now you're now that eternity is secure. Now we got to deal with these panic attacks. Now we got to deal with this depression, this anxiety, this fear, this anger, this lust. Hear me, Christianity is not suffer for your whole life and one day you get to go to heaven. That is not the gospel of Jesus Christ. Jesus said, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on as it already is in heaven. We're not waiting for heaven to experience heaven. We're going to experience a part of heaven here on earth. We're not just worried about their spirit. We're not. I feel like a Baptist preacher, y'all. I got three points. They all start with S. I'm feeling myself today. Their, their spirit, their soul, I ran out of S's, and their stomach. <laughs> not deep, but I'm just glad they were all S's. Let me read this. James chapter 2, verse 15 says this. Suppose a brother, look how the church talks brother or sister, yeah. is without clothes and food. And if one of you churchy people, Look at your neighbors. and he's talking about you, he's talking about you. <laughs> say to them, oh, may God bless you. Go in peace. I hope you have a great week. Keep warm and well fed, but don't actually do anything about their physical situation. What good is that? What good is that to say, I know you're starving to death, but here's Jesus. I can't hear your Jesus because the rumbles of my stomach are too loud. Oh, you you need the Holy Ghost. I do, but right now I need a fresh pair of shoes, a jacket to put on, and a place to have a peaceful night of sleep. We care about people's spirit. We care about their soul, but we care about the physical state of their life. We believe that there are people that are in the roughest season of their life. And hear me, it's not the government's job to help them biblically it's not some organization if they help that's great but it is the job of the kingdom of god and the people of god to say hey if you're in my orbit you will not starve you will not not have a roof over your head you will not have clothes we will make sure every one of your needs are met somebody say amen i don't know if you knew this but this is a passion of union church Every single week, we are passing out food to families. We are passing out clothes and doing everything we can to help people get shelter. In the first just five and a half months of this year, you, if you've ever tithed, if you've ever given, if you've ever served, have fed over 1,700 families in just the first five and a half months of this year. Thousands of pounds of food have been given away. Somebody say amen. Amen. Actually, the Bible says that is true religion. Now, there's certain people that that that, that is your passion, helping the least of these. And if that's you, join the outreach team. They go out once a month at every campus, some locations. It's every single week. Not everybody has the passion of outreach. And that's okay. But last week, we found out that I'm your spiritual father, so today I'm going to flex on you, okay? All year long, you're allowed for that not to be your passion, and you could just give towards it. But at Union Church, one day out of a year, we say, I don't care what your passion is. You're going to be passionate about outreach. And that day is coming up on July 15th. We call it Serve Day. (laughs) Serve Day is the day at Union Church where we try to gather every member, not in the building, but at a nursing home with some people that may have not had a visitor for years. Or at some elementary school that doesn't have the budget to repaint the hallways and scrape rust off of the lockers or whatever it may be. And we're asking, can you throw on a t-shirt that says Union Church loves this city? And can we go out and be the hands and the feet of Jesus and not just preach Jesus, but actually meet people? Somebody say, I can do that. I can do that. I can do that. Come on. yeah. Grab grab your family. July 15th. They'll email you more information. There's over 300 locations across Maryland that you can serve at. Let's be the hands of you. Last thing is this. Write this down. Write this down. Passion for dominion is our mandate. What's the values of union church? Pursuit of God. Pursuit of people. And dominion. Genesis chapter 1 verse 28 says this. Then God blessed them. And God said to them, be fruitful and multiply. Fill the earth and subdue it. Here it is. Have Dominion. What does that mean? It means dominate life over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, over every living thing that moves on the earth. Here is a value of union church. If you call this your family, settling is not allowed. This is a spiritual family where that's good enough are not words that are allowed to leave our mouth. The marriage that I have is not what I dreamed of, but it's, Good enough. My finances are not what they're good. No, 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 no. We are people that are going to pursue to maximize every inch of our. Somebody say why. I'm so glad you asked. I'm so glad you asked. I live about 20 minutes outside of Washington, D.C. And I don't know. if some, I mean, everybody lives at least within an hour. But I don't know about you. But I live close to D.C. And I don't think about it at all. I can't tell you the last time I saw Abe Lincoln, it was probably sixth grade. <laughs> I don't think I've ever seen Thomas Jefferson. I, I I I really don't even remember all that stuff is down there until some friend from out of town comes and like, man, I want to see the White House. I'm like, oh yeah, that is <laughs> that is down there, isn't it? I, I don't, I all, when I think DC, I think traffic. That's the only. <laughs> But sometimes I'll cut through the city to get to Virginia or whatever it may be. And and I was driving through D.C. one time, and I ended up on this street that was lined with mansions that I'm thinking, am I in Beverly Hills? Am I in Malibu? What? I mean, I mean, massive homes. I'm like, hashtag goals. And I'm like, whoa. It's just, and every house had a gate, not like a gated community. Their driveway had its own gate. And they've got like a guard standing at the drive. And I'm just like, oh, they somebody. This is, where am I? Somebody like, you don't know where you work? I went to College Park, okay? Don't judge me. Anyway. And then I noticed each family wrote their name on the gate. How much of a baller you got to be to have your name on your gate? So I'm like driving slow, trying to see whose name is on that gate. I'm, I'm looking for Bezos or Zuckerberg or something. I read the first gate, first gate says China. <laughs> Some people name their kid China, that's cool, all right? I go to the next gate, next gate says Singapore, <laughs> Ethiopia, Russia. Somebody named their kid Russia. What Y'all judging y'all. I was on embassy row. (laughs) These weren't weren't houses. (laughs) They were countries, embassies. And I'm like, these are the craziest buildings. And then here's what I discovered. That a country overseas or somewhere else, they they will have a, a, a representative of their country in this foreign land. And they will have a house, an office building, or whatever for that ambassador to, to do work out of. You know what I've never seen at an embassy? A trailer. A hut. A tiny house. No country has ever said, we just want to send something that's efficient. They said, we're going to flex on them. We want the biggest, baddest house that we can build and we're going to send the best representation this country has so that when that country interacts with us, they respect us based on how we present. I feel like some embassies are bigger than the president's house back home. I just want y'all to know, don't mess with us. We 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 20 says this. Now then, we are... What what does the Bible say about you? We are ambassadors, not of Union Church, of as though God were, watch this, pleading through us. We implore you on Christ's behalf come home. Why is dominion our mandate? Why why do we say you've got to maximize every area of your life? Because the world won't notice you if you don't. The world doesn't notice average. The the world doesn't notice good enough. And God says, I need you to build a marriage that causes people to have attention. I need you to build a business and to build a career and raise that has people saying... How do you do that? Because I want your friends to to, to come to you. How long y'all been married? And you scratched his car. And he ain't cuss you out? How y'all? Wait, y'all got a joint account? Y'all don't fight about money all the time? How y'all do that? And when they ask, don't you dare take credit. What you really should say is, well, She crazy. Her family crazy too. But I'm crazy. My family is too. But we both have God in our lives. And when I want to yell at her, the Holy Spirit says, don't you dare. That's my daughter. And when she left the frying pan, Holy Spirit just brings it down. (laughs) Only reason our marriage is like this, not because we are in love and we got to, because God led us. When you run into that classmate that you graduated with or, 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 or stepped out of the military with or whatever, and it's been 10 years since they saw you, and, but we grew up on the same street. We, we started at the same rank, the same... How are you full of joy, and I can't wait till I get out of here? Don't you dare say your work ethic. Don't you dare say you were more focused than everybody else. You better say, if I'd be honest with you, there was days I wanted to quit. There was moments I didn't think I had what it took. But in those moments, God in me, the hope of glory, kept pushing. What you see in my life is not evidence of someone who had it all together. It's evidence of what it looks like to say, as for me and my house. And then tell that person, God can do this for you too. It starts with him being the center of your life. Father God, we're grateful. God, we're thankful. I'm not going to hold you, God. If I were going to pick an ambassador, I'd have picked someone different than Stephen. But man, I'm grateful that you picked us. God, help us to be a good representation of of your kingdom. where we're sitting, can you pray this prayer with me? Say, Holy Spirit, what are you saying to me? And just allow God to make this message personal to you. Maybe for you, you realize that God is not your pursuit. You realize, I need to start pursuing God. Maybe maybe you've been living a selfish life, not thinking about anybody else. But man, if God loves people, I got to start loving people. Or maybe if you'd be honest, you'd say, Pastor, I can't say that I'm a part of the family of God at all. Maybe you're like me and you grew up in church and you learned church and religion, but but you didn't even know that there was a relationship that was possible with God. Well, there is. And the question is, how are you going to act? Jesus did everything that he possibly could do. He removed every barrier between him and you. And now it's your time to make a decision of, do I want him in my life? every location, watch online. If you say, Pastor, that's me. I, I figured it out. I can't do this without him. I need Jesus in my life. Right where you're sitting, can you pray this prayer? Say, Lord Jesus, thank you for thinking about me when I wasn't even thinking about you. Thank you for dying on the cross, for shedding your blood so that all of my sin, all of my mistakes can be erased. Today, in exchange, I give you my life. I surrender. Take all of me. Be my Lord, Be my Savior, be my Father. In Jesus' name, amen and amen and amen. Come on. Can you celebrate for every single person that just made the greatest? That's a golf clap. Can you act like some people just walk in?